Well, good morning, everyone. Just want to begin by saying uh, I want to thank the Honorable President Timothy Tennant for this amazing moment to share today uh, with you all in this chapel service. I was both honored and humbled, sir, when I received your invitation to minister the Word of God today. At what I consider the greatest and the most influential theological seminary in the world. And yet, you continue to lead this incredible seminary to new levels of greatness. And I want to say thank you for allowing God to work through you. I pray often for you, Dr. Timmett, praying that God will continue to empower you to lead and serve as an example for all of us in leadership showing us what it looks like to have a passion for the heart of God and excellence in ministry. I want to also thank Dr. Jessica and her excellent staff for contacting me, facilitating my visit to Asbury and making my time here in Wilmore a wonderful moment. The accommodations are wonderful. <laughs> Just what my wife and I needed after a long travel from California to Wilmore. Thank you, Jessica, and your staff is amazing. Now for the record, that beautiful lady right there, she is not my daughter. <laughs> she is my wife. And as Dr. Tennis said, we've been married for 41 years and 42 years coming up in just a few months. And we have a wonderful family. She is affectionately called Lady Bishop by the church leaders I oversee. I have no shame in saying that my wife is the brains and the beauty of this outfit. <laughs> And if I'm entirely candid, after we walked a quarter of a mile in the snow last Friday evening, after a recent storm dropped over five feet of snow in Wrightwood, California, I'm sure you might have heard about it. We live in the mountain area. She is not only the brains and the beauty of the outfit, she's the energy of this outfit. <laughs> I had to stop every five or six feet to catch my breath. <laughs> and she patiently waited on me. I thank God for her, and I appreciate her so much. Uh, someone asked me the question, uh, are you comfortable with your wife being called Lady Bishop? And I said, considering all that she does, I'm just happy they don't call her the bishop. <laughs> Some of you are going to get that tonight, later tonight. <laughs> Listen to the word of the Lord, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up the other. Or lift up his fellow. <laughs> But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, 
for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. For the next few moments from these words spoken by the great preacher, my lesson is entitled, We Are Better Together. I want you to do me a favor on today. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you and just look them in the eye and just say, we are better together. I have an unshakable conviction that I have committed spending the rest of my life trying to model and make a widespread reality. My unshakable conviction is we are better together. We must draw closer to each other. And through working together, we can accomplish more for humanity and God's glory than we can alone or in our respective organizations, institutions, or holiness movements. My conviction is inspired by the prayer Jesus prayed in John 17, verse 11. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. I am also inspired by the words in that well-known sermon, The Catholic Spirit, by John Wesley. Is your heart right? As my heart is with your heart? If it be, give me your hand. Give me your hand. These words by John Wesley was echoed by my dear friend, Dr. Carla Sunberg, General Superintendent, Church of the Nazarene. At the Wesleyan Holiness Connection annual meeting in October 2022. That annual meeting was an unusual and unique moment. The founder of the Wesleyan Holiness Connection, Dr. Kevin Manoya, after 20 years of service, had recently retired. Two months prior to the annual meeting, the board of directors selected me as the new executive director replacing Dr. Kevin Manoya. I came from the Pentecostal stream of the Wesleyan Holiness Movement. And I will let you in on a little secret. I'm black. <laughs> At the annual meeting, there were representatives from Wesleyan denominations, colleges, and organizations that came from far and near to celebrate a historical moment in the life of the Wesleyan Holiness Connection. They also came to witness my formal installation as the new executive director. Right before we concluded the meeting, Dr. Carla Sunberg stated, and I quote, my fellow members of the Wesleyan Holiness Connection, let us remember what Dr. Baker Chancellor 
a Pentecostal theological seminary in Cleveland, Tennessee, told us that left us all in awe of the favor of God on the Wesleyan Holiness Connection. Dr. Baker informed us that, we had, that he had researched all of the denominations and organizations of the Wesleyan Holiness Connection. He discovered that in the room where we had gathered were representatives of Wesleyan-oriented denominations and organizations with a combined membership of at least 114 million individuals in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Dr. Carla Sundberg further stated, what could God do with such a community if we lend one another our hand? This single cord in my hand, I brought some props today. <laughs> this single cord in my hand has a purpose can keep things bound together, and it can attach what is unattached. When I add a second chord to this first chord and begin to weave them together, these two chords have a greater purpose and can accomplish more than just being single chords. And when I add a third chord, to the two chords and weave them all together. The three chords are stronger together and can accomplish more together because they are better together. Better together was a message King Solomon was trying to convey in our lesson scripture today. He says a threefold chord is not quickly or easily broken. At the time King Solomon communicated these words, he was older, a seasoned sage, a wise man who had experienced and witnessed many things in his life under the sun. He had reached a moment that he was reflective about his life that was long on experience and short on lasting rewards. He had experienced many of life's great contrasts or opposites, love and hate, war and peace, joy and sadness, poverty and prosperity, hugging and abstaining from embracing, sickness and health, and life and death. This is what led him to communicate in a transparent manner, unashamed to speak about his various frustrations with life and his failure to find satisfaction in his pursuits and quests for happiness and meaning in life under the sun. Despite his moments of frustrations to find what he was searching for, he was able to find and see God's hand at work. A hand that was not always obvious at first glance, but a hand gently guiding people into a more fuller understanding about life's meaning and purpose here under the sun. And it is the compilation of all those experiences uh, that he went through that shaped his perspective or outlook uh, that at times could be positive, uh, 
but also lead to moments of despair and disappointment. One of these moments is found in the two verses before our lesson scripture. It appears nothing bewildered King Solomon more than what he observed in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. For he sees a man laboring by himself, for himself, having no time for family love and human friendships, depriving himself of life's beauties and pleasures, while accumulating things that would be left behind without knowing who it would benefit. The great preacher was puzzled as to why someone would let themselves live this way. His words in verse 9 through 12 suggest uh, he is attempting to counter the soloist, isolationist, standalone, lone ranger, I can do it alone, or I only have time for what's important to me mentality. He presents another option for consideration by describing one of life's great experiences and joys, relationships, friendships, family, cooperation, collaboration, working together, community, and togetherness. During my first pastorate 35 years ago in the Watts area of Los Angeles, I learned a powerful lesson about togetherness. The lesson was from uh, an experience I had with an old banged up 15 passenger church van that our church used called the Blue Bomber. <laughs> when I went to purchase this van, I didn't examine it thoroughly or test drive it because I trusted the person who was selling the van. I handed him the money started the van up and started driving the van back to the church. It was midway to the church I began to notice that this van had a few problems. <laughs> there was air coming from a hole in the floor. <laughs> oh, I ain't finished yet about the blue bomber. <laughs> the steering wheel had a lot of movement in it. The van would shake and make loud pinging sounds when I accelerated. When I came to a quick stop, the seats in the back were not bolted and they turned over. <laughs> While waiting for the light to turn green, the van cut off. And when I started the van up and pressed on the gas, great billows of white smoke came out the rear exhaust. And then when I finally arrived at the church and tried to get out the side door, the handle broke off. <laughs> oh, when the youths of our church saw that van, they laughed and then they laughed at me. <laughs> he said, somebody took you for a long ride, didn't they? <laughs> the church van while driving the van to my home with my wife 
As I began to drive the van up the driveway, the van cut off. This van had a mind of its own. And it seemed like when it got tired, it just stopped and said, I'm going to rest right here, no matter where it was. But the front of the van was in the driveway, and the rear part of the van was in the street interfering with traffic. I looked at my wife, and before I could say anything, she said, I'm steering, buddy. <laughs> you better get out the back and push. <laughs> Being a good and obedient husband. <laughs> Guys, y'all gonna learn that in a minute. Uh, I went to the back of the van and, and pushed with all my might, but the van would not move. After struggling for about five to 10 minutes, I noticed three guys walking toward me. As they got closer, I recognized they were individuals that I considered community troublemakers. Voice within me said, Ask them to help you. But my pride got the best of me. I said to myself, I'm not going to ask these troublemakers. They probably wouldn't help me anyway. So I kept trying to push this van all by myself. And the three guys walked right past me. But then they stopped walking. One of them turned around and said, sir, would you like for us to help you? I said, yes. <laughs> I really could use some help right about now. When I asked for their help, they all came behind the van with me, and we all began to push together while my wife steered the van. And I went from struggling to push the van to running while pushing the van into the parking spot. Togetherness had enabled me to push a church van that I could not push by myself. From my experience with the Blue Bomber, I learned some valuable lessons. The first lesson I learned was there will be situations in life we are helpless to change by ourselves. We need help from people. The second lesson I learned was God brings people into our lives to help us accomplish what we will never be able to accomplish by ourselves. The third lesson I learned was togetherness helps us to accomplish more than we can ever imagine. The fourth lesson I learned was making assumptions about people can cause you to miss opportunities to experience the joy of togetherness. The fifth lesson I learned was togetherness is just an ask away. <laughs> Uh, some of y'all going to catch that a little bit later and tell somebody it's just an ask away. <laughs> the sixth lesson I learned was we are better together. Oh, when God's people choose togetherness over division, when they decide to be united and be on one accord, powerful and miraculous things uh, takes place. 
When God's people are God's people are united, united in prayer, united in fasting. Battles are won uh, not through carnal weapons uh, or earthly weapons, but through the power of worship and praise. Oh, you know the story in 2 Chronicles 20, how King Jehoshaphat had a crisis in his life. But he gathered the people together, the family, the, the children, the men and the women, and they came into the place uh, and they began to cry out to God on one accord. And they made an appeal to God to protect them from their enemies. And while they were praying, God spoke to one of the prophets, one of the young men, Jehaziel, and he gave them a prophetic word that you do not need to fear this situation because this battle does not belong to you. It belongs to God. In other words, God will fight your battle. Just go to the battlefield and see the results. And the Bible said, as they went to the battlefield, hallelujah, go went to the battlefield to see the results of their prayer, their, their prayer of unity and their time of fasting. The Bible said that Jehoshaphat stopped the, stopped the folks from marching up. And he began to lead them in a chorus of praise. And they began to bless the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And the Bible says as they sung that praise, God caused their enemies to turn against one another. And by the time they got to the battlefield, the battle had already been won. Let me tell you something. When God's people get together, battles are won through the power of praise. When God's people get together, outpour and revival happens. Just look at somebody and say, outpour and revival happens. Oh, we celebrate what happened over 2,000 years ago when the disciples were united and on one accord in an upper room, praying and worshiping for 10 straight days. The Bible said that the Holy Ghost showed up and filled them up. We celebrate the moment. We celebrate Pentecost. We celebrate all of the great moments of outpouring and revival that has taken place down through the years to the time of Azusa Street. But I want to add one to the list, if you will. Oh, because a group of young students right across the street we're united and on one accord, hungering for the more of God, hungering for the power of God. Refuse to leave that place until God did something in their life. Through their togetherness, through their unity, has influenced the entire world. Brought about an outpour, brought about a revival. Tens of thousands of people have been changed because of the power of togetherness. It is true we live in a divided nation and world. Divisions based on external appearances, race, national origin, languages, lifestyles, denominations, political affiliations, social status, and wealth. Although division is all around us,
I believe you and I can change the status quo. We can change the norm. We don't have to make the same mistake that an African tribe made many years ago. Story is told of a time, a long time ago, when a little child in an African tribe wandered off into the tall jungle grass and could not be found. Although the tribe searched all day, the child could not be found. The next day, the tribal members all held hands and walked through the tall grass together. This enabled them to find the child, but due to the cold night, the child did not survive. In her anguish and through her tears, the mother cried, if only we would have held hands sooner. If only we would have held hands sooner. Oh, to my Wesleyan family, to this great seminary, I challenge you on today to go forth and do all you can to help people hold hands before it's too late. I urge you to do all you can to encourage people to cross racial lines, denominational lines, social lines, and political lines so they can experience the joy and the power of togetherness. I challenge you to help make the prayer Jesus prayed come true. Holy Father, may they be united as we are united. I challenge you to do all you can to help people realize that we are better together. I want you to do it again. Grab the hand of someone right next to you and look them in the eye and say, we are better together. As I conclude our time together, because I'm not going to go over Jessica, you ain't going to put my coat. <laughs> I extend to you some helpful advice as you go forth to help people realize we are better together. My first adventure to Disneyland in Southern California was when I was about 10 years old. My oldest brother had just arrived back from fighting in the Vietnam War, and he wanted to go to Disneyland, so he took me with him. There was a ride called the Manahorn Ride that I wanted to ride. My brother told me I was too young, too young for this roller coaster. But I told my brother, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of anything. So my brother took me on the ride. <laughs> As I sat down in that bobsled-shaped car, I was the happiest kid in the world. At first, the ride started out slow. <laughs> then it picked up speed. Then it started jerking and twisting and turning, and it was more than I could handle. I was scared. <laughs> I thought I was going to fly out the car. I thought I was going to die. It was at that point I screamed out to my brother, George, I can't hold on. I'm going to fly out. I'm going to die. 
without any words spoken, my brother George took his large hands and placed them on top of my small hands. And he held my hands tight. An amazing thing happened when he did that. My fear left me. The thought of flying out of the car left me. The, the thought of dying left me. I felt secured. And I enjoyed the rest of the ride. After the ride was over, I didn't think any more of that experience on the Manahorn until I became a pastor of a church. <laughs> it was during a tough season in my pastorate when I felt overwhelmed. I felt like I was in over my head and I was unsure if I could survive. The Holy Spirit brought to my mind what happened at Disneyland. As my brother held my hand, the Holy Spirit reminded me that God was holding my hand and I would make it through. My brothers and sisters on today, when life takes you through more ups and downs you desire, when life takes you through more twists and turns you desire, when life takes you through moments that causes you to be afraid, when you are working and striving to bring unity in your home and in your church and in your community, in your denomination, when you're working to bring in togetherness and oneness and it feels like you're overwhelmed, remember God is holding your hand and you will get through. Tell someone again, we are better together. I want you just to stand for a moment. Because I want to invite you for a time of prayer. I want to invite those of you who would one, make a commitment to model and do all you can to make being better together a reality. I also want to invite to prayer those of you who are tired and weary and struggling your life may feel like it's a roller coaster right about now. You may feel overwhelmed with school, overwhelmed with life, overwhelmed in your relationships with others. You may be like I was in that bobsled shaped car, thinking that you will not survive, you won't make it through. But I dare you on this day to just lift up your hands and call God. God, help me right now. Fill me, God, with hope and power and strength and optimism. Fill me, God. And so this altar is open. I don't know how everything goes, but this altar is open. For those of you who want to come forward, I hope I'm doing this right. <laughs> who want to come forward. And I invite you now to come from wherever you are. Those who are willing to make a commitment that I'm going to do everything I can 
to let people know that we're better together. And for those of you who feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed with doing ministry, overwhelmed with doing your best, I want you to come right now to be filled and refreshed and renewed. I will say this and I will sit down. In the Kojic Church, we get three closings. <laughs> this is my third one. My wife and I flew all day, a couple of, I think it was two Sundays ago, three Sundays ago, and we came to the revival. The Holy Spirit was so present days leading up, and I just knew that we had to go. I had another state to, in an event to go to, but I felt a tugging. Oh, Wilmore, you, 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 you know how to tug on people. And I flew all day, and I, I couldn't wait to get here. And when I got here, I couldn't get in touch with Dave Thomas, and, and I said, oh, wow, I guess we're just going to be here, and then maybe I'll catch up with him tomorrow. But one of my old friends, Dr. Anthony Headley, I had spoke to him. He said, hey, John, I, I want to come by again. Let's talk. And we sat in the lobby of the hotel, and we were talking, and he said, Hey, well, you want to go? You want to go to the revival? I said, man, I would love it. And we got in this car and we drove to the revival. And I saw all of those people out there. I made a phone call once again to Dave, and he answered. He said, where are you? He said, come to the back, and I'll, I'll get you in. Because I told him I'm too old to stand in a, a line that's mile long. And when I came in, I immediately sat down on the front and the Holy Spirit arrested me. And I got up, and I was no more bishop. <laughs> I was no more uh, church of God in Christ. I was just a person hungering for the more of God. And on that Sunday night, I walked to the altar while the preacher was up preaching. I don't even know what he was saying, to be honest with you. <laughs> But I went to the altar, and I fell down right in the middle of the altar. And I stretched out my hands and said, God, renew me, fill me again. Refresh me, God. I just want to rededicate my life back to you. I know I'm a preacher. I know people call me bishop, this and that. But right now, God, I'm just your child, and I need you the more. And God refreshed me in a way, touched me in a way. Oh, there may be some more that's in the audience right now. They just want to come and just kneel and find your way. I don't want you to be afraid or be ashamed. Allow the Holy Spirit to move upon you and come. Come quickly now. There are some others. Come quickly now. Come quickly now. Yes, 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 yes. Come quickly now. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. The Spirit of God is present right now. Oh, the Spirit of God is present right now. Mm -hmm. I know you guys, I, 